This episode of A Push in History is about the New Deal. In the Great Depression, unemployment rates spiked and banks began to fail. In Lowell, Massachusetts, the unemployment rate was at 90%. The economy had yet to recover. President Roosevelt promised to help America's suffering economy. The American people were unhappy with Hoover's management of the economy, so Roosevelt was elected in March 1933. He promised to wage a war against the emergency, as if America was invaded by a foreign foe. In Roosevelt's first 100 days in office, he did more than the rest of his presidency. As soon as he got into office, he shut down the banks for four days. During this time, Congress passed Roosevelt's Emergency Banking Act, which reorganized the banks and shut down failing ones. He then told the American people to put their funds into banks. This successfully restarted America's banks. Roosevelt told Congress to start to end the prohibition, which was done through the 21st Amendment at the end of the year. In May, he signed the Tennessee Valley Authority Act into law, which allowed the federal government to build dams along the Tennessee River that controlled flooding and supplied power to people in that area. Also in May, Congress passed a bill that paid farmers to leave their fields unplanted and put an end to surplus and increase the value of crops. In June, the National Industry Recovery Act guaranteed the right to unionize and bargain for better wages and working conditions for the workers. Despite all this reform, the Great Depression persisted. Due to this, Roosevelt put forth another flurry of reforming legislation in 1935. In April, he created the Works Progress Administration to provide more jobs that didn't compete with private industry. In July, he put forth the National Labor Relations Act, which created a board to supervise union elections and fight for better working conditions. In August, he signed the Social Security Act, which guaranteed pensions, unemployment insurance, and allowed the federal government to help care for dependent children and the disabled. In this next section, we're going to be talking about some opponents of the New Deal, both from the right and from the left. One opponent of the New Deal is Herbert Hoover. Hoover was president right before Roosevelt. He thought that the New Deal would shift the philosophy of government in America. He thought that the foundation of America is based on the federal government helping only in cases of emergency beyond the control of the people. He claims to have received word from the government that the men returning to work exceed one million. He thought that the Great Depression was about to end. He doesn't think that anything needs to change in order for the Great Depression to leave. Another opponent of the New Deal was Huey Long. Huey Long was on the opposite side of this political spectrum as Herbert Hoover. Huey Long believed that the New Deal wasn't doing enough to end the Great Depression. He believed that if he taxed the rich and created a yearly income cap, he thought that the relief would be enough on the workers to help end the Great Depression. 
Dr. Townsend was another opponent of the New Deal. He believed that if we gave old people money, it would compel them to quit their current jobs. He thought that this opening of jobs could be given to the unemployed middle-aged people and young adults, therefore giving them jobs, restarting the economy, and ending the Great Depression. He was very adamant that this was not a pension plan, and a pension was only part of his economic plan. Another opponent of the New Deal was Upton Sinclair. He created the EPIC plan, which stands for End Poverty in California. He wanted the government to take over abandoned factories in California. He wanted the jobs from these revitalized factories to go to unemployed workers. This would give these workers jobs, which would, again, restart the economy and end the Great Depression. He shared views with the left. You would think with all these views why people would want one side. People wanted more government intervention because then with the government being involved, the economy would be more equal for all the big businesses and small businesses. It would be more equal for the middle class, the lower class, and the higher class, and they would all be separated by less than what they are now. Because if there was a cap on what you could make, then the rich people couldn't really get any richer than they are already. And with these more jobs that the government would make open, more people could get a job and make money. Also, with the government intervention, as we heard with some other issues, the government will listen to the people and because they're there to make the people happy. And if they have complaints about how things are running, the government can help. Like if, let's say, safety standards at the time were not the best in factories and living conditions weren't the best, the government helps that because they make regulations to make life safer and more enjoyable for all. Yeah, I agree. Progressive ideas definitely influenced the government to involve themselves more in the Great Depression, whereas they probably wouldn't have involved themselves as much in other eras. Herbert Hoover's views weren't too popular at the time, and that's why FDR was elected. He said that the government should only interfere in times of emergency However, the Great Depression really was an emergency, as it was the largest dip in the economy ever to that point. His views were only supported by the upper class, which was a minority. And the upper class supported him because obviously they weren't going to have their money taken away or their advantages or their taxes or whatever. Herbert Hoover's actions weren't working, and the Depression persisted, got worse, and so it fell on FDR to really make something happen with the economy, which is why his beliefs were a lot more popular at the time. FDR's New Deal uh, was really supported by the working class because it would give them better working conditions and better lives. And uh, this is one of the things where FDR wanted to keep the capitalist economy, but he really wanted more government intervention, uh, which really made like the working class more happy because they can get better wages, better living. And so uh, keeping the capitalist economy helps a lot because they already had very big businesses and to keep those going 
meant that it kept it at least a little bit stable. And, you know, changing the economy a lot in a little time can really affect it. Um, it could have created a bigger collapse. And so he, he was really smart in keeping the current economy and just making improved lives for his supporters. Going back to what Jack said, people wanted this not only because it made things equal in a time of great turmoil, people really just wanted change. They wanted things to get better. And they were honestly very desperate for this to happen as there was no end in sight for this Great Depression. Another thing is, is that this New Deal focused a lot on the laborers, right? Um, and what had just come before this era, that's right, the Progressive Era. And the Progressive Era was largely focused on the labor. So the country's mindset was focused on the labor, not on the rich people at the top. Another thing that brought about these more leftist ideas was the USSR. Their socialist model was faring a lot better during the Great Depression than the American model. So the people are thinking to themselves, why don't we adopt some of this system into ours in order to better our economy and make it as successful as they are during this very tough time? Thank you for listening to this podcast on the New Deal. Make sure to check out other podcasts on this playlist to help you study for your AP exam and do well on it. Thank you for listening.